hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta move on. Those days are gone now. Bam, Mike Young. Stories that need to be told. Sitting here with stock tip Dave's exhausted. He got us here safely today. He picked me up. His driving wasn't great, but he got us here. It was fine. I think you need to work on your you gotta find a good balance between aggressiveness, assertiveness, and athleticism in your driving. We almost crashed three times. No. We parked no. and then I hit the door on the thing. <laughs> but yo, we're here. Uh my brother was just in town. Love when my brother comes to town. He was here for two days. He was in San Diego doing big things. My brother's like in the restoration business. So he handles all Dan Gilbert and like all of Detroit's major properties downtown, 90 buildings. Anything that goes down, you call my brother. Yeah. And last time on the podcast, we were talking about... Uh, I didn't know that I was on TV. I was, I, got to, I was very lucky. I got to go to the Cavs. I went to game seven against Indy. I went to game five against Toronto when they took them out. No, it was game five. They didn't sweep Toronto. Did they sweep them? You're allowed to talk, Dave. Yeah, they, 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 they swept Dave, them. You're on camera, too. They swept <laughs> Toronto. Okay, so it was game four, so they swept them. So yeah. I, did a, I did a movie. I did a movie called Grounded with Aaron Paul and Jeff Daniels that's not out yet. But Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he owns Quicken Loans, he's a great dude. We, he, he financed the movie. Personally, he financed it uh, from his through his own company. Long story short, we became good friends, and he I was in Detroit at the time of the uh, playoffs, and so I was texting him back and forth. He's like, "Yo, come to the game." So when you go to a game with that, you don't ever know like how, where you're sitting. Is it going to yeah. be in the suite with the chicken tenders? Are you going to be floating around with a badge, but with no? You don't know what's going to go on. But that particular game, game five, or uh, yeah, game five against or game seven against Indy was one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life. And he just, he's, you get a call from his assistant, humble brag, and he, you get a call and she's like, be at the airport, wheels up at 1130, your <laughs> private plane tail number is 303-262, whatever. Your name's on the list, just show up. It's just a brainless operation. You just show up. Somebody says, hello, what's your name? Hey, I'm Mike Young. Here you go, Mike. Walk up to the plane. There's a G4 just sitting there on the tarmac waiting for me. Not for just me, but there's like eight of us going on the on the plane. So, boom, get on the plane. Dan's assistant comes over, hands you a badge. You don't know what the badge means. You don't know what it says. It's just a badge. You get that, you know, everyone gets on the plane. You're just excited. You're keeping your excitement down to a minimum because you're Sack on a... court side? Yeah, bro. That, I was getting to that. Uh-huh. I was getting to that. You get the badge... If you've ever been in a private plane, it's crazy because you take off in one second. It's just like, whoop, and you're in the air, you're floating in a tiny machine, and you feel every turbulent, even though it's only a 19-minute flight to Cleveland. So, boom, we get to Cleveland, and, you know, we land. I Once again, I don't know where I'm sitting, but then his assistant goes, okay, you're on the floor, you're in seat 10. I don't know where that is, I don't know what that is, I know it sounds like a great seat. Long story short, get to the game, boom, sit in my seat. I'm right under the basket, sitting right next to Dan and his son Nick. <laughs> and it's one of the greatest games ever. Cleveland won the game, obviously. 
And it was just a cool experience. And I recommend if you can find a really wealthy friend out there in the world, people, or if they find you, you know, you never know what's going to happen in Hollywood. But they're really fun to be around, especially if they're cool. And Dan Gilbert, and I've met some wealthy people out here in Hollywood and some people have done huge things in business that are not cool that are just abusive, power-hungry, trying to, you know, pull their bullshit. You know, I've been to their house parties where they're like the aggressive dude who's got all the money and they're like not cool to girls. You know, the whole hashtag Me Too shit, that's real. That shit is real. And Dan is the opposite. He is a type of a, he's almost like a street dude. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> he'll smack you if you, if there's a scrappy fight he might forget that he's a billionaire and get into it with you. He's that. He's just that type of dude. I think I met his son with you last summer. Yeah, I took him to goal. His son Nick was in town. He was doing an internship, and um, in yeah, here in LA, I took him to goal. <laughs> and his son Nick picks the lottery pick for the Cavs, and so unfortunately, Nick has had this neural. F- uh, we're gonna get back to that story. This is a part of our show where we do call in. This is Brett Ernst, great comedian. <laughs> Brett Ernst. Yo, what up? Well, yo, what up? You sitting in a hotel room, half sleeping at 2.30 in the afternoon no. in the east? <laughs> I had to run to CVS. CVS. You get those chewable vitamins. Right. Well, dude, the way I timed it out, it would, have been, uh, it would have been at 2.30, but there was some guy in front of me trying to buy phone cards. <laughs> on, a, uh, uh, on a fucking gift card on a burner on a burner phone <laughs> yeah it's like i'm like yeah i'm in jersey man is that where you are jersey 20 minutes yeah yeah I'm in jersey right now yo brett and i go way 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 back even though brett you know even though i told him i was 42 years old for the last nine years Brett knows that. <laughs> Brett is my brother. We were on the Young American Comedy Tour together. Before that, we, he was one of the first people I met. Brett, do you even remember where, like, how we met, like, at the store? Yeah, of course, I remember. Give it to me, bro. You got the best memory in the game. It's because he's never smoked pot, ever. I was, uh, I was in West Hollywood, um, and you were dancing at some bar. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was at the cat club, man. It was at the cat club. Oh, was that Ahmed's room? No, man. It was uh God, what was the dude's name? You did a set. It was at the cat club. I forgot who uh, it'll come to me, the guy who booked it. Right, the cat club on Sunset, which is now uh Rock and Riley's, isn't it? Or what is it now? Yeah, it's it's next Rock and Riley's is next door, but not that it matters. No. But it's great because I remember you doing your material. I'm like, God, this guy's great. You know, you're still doing the same material. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how hard is it to write a new bit? Damn. Yo, you know what it is, Brett? You know what's so funny, man? You have – so you've you've stayed comedy. I mean, you are a badass, one of the best comedians, funniest dudes in the game. People love you. They quote your bits. Stock tip Dave, who didn't really know, right here, who didn't really know about you until like a week ago when you met him, but he's been researching. He's like, he's got this really great bit about, uh, uh, about, uh, uh, the, uh, what was the one you just told me on the car right here? Dave? <laughs> what was it? 
About his mom. Which one? Oh, you about your mom tucking you in after you were jerking the, the jerk off bit. And you got tucked <laughs> in. passed out. He goes, I want to ask him if it was real. I said, let's not ask him if it was real. I'll, we'll do, I'll do the talking, and, and we'll go from there. And, and one of my friends brought up the roller skating thing that you were mentioning to us last week. I told him I met you, and then right away he knew the roller skating rink story. Yeah, no, it's one of the best bits to the point where club owners <laughs> around the country still talk about Brett's roller skating bit. And it's one of those things, it's like, oh, Brett, you can't, you can't get away from it you're not getting away from it just embrace it and by the way stop opening your bag of cheetos on the phone i can hear it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm looking for my headphones <laughs> i know i know your diet bro i know what you do i know what you're doing but i know you first off i don't eat cheetos okay i gotta, I gotta stay in shape Okay, by the way, you're I'm, looking... I'm pushing, for, I'm pushing 40, so I got to stay in shape. <laughs> you're pushing 40 backwards. Yeah, I was on your website <laughs> this morning, and I just was, I couldn't stop laughing at that one bit you were talking about. No, Brett's one of the best comics in the business. I've, I've been with Brett through the ups and downs, right? Brett, have there ever been moments, Brett, where you were like, I'm throwing in the towel, bro. I can't stand this shit. No one's really paying attention. And then, boom, there's like that breakthrough moment. You know, I, I realize that... Uh, uh, just recently is that once you get to a certain point you've beaten the odds mm-hmm. and then from the from one point from that point on you're now playing the odds if that makes any sense so basically you're saying you get to a certain point and you're in the game you're in the you're saying you're in the game there's no turning back unless you just decide to go into real estate and call it a complete day you're, but you're, yeah. you're saying you're in the game now how do you maneuver in the game well Right. Well, now, well, like in other words, I think there's like a six, seven year period that's a danger zone that, you know, people, they're like, you know, I can get out now and I didn't commit. I can get out now and I didn't commit. But once you're like 15 or seven, past that seven years, once you get past that point, you've beaten the odds. You, you're now in it. You're now in the game. And from this point on now, the, you start playing the odds. So eventually, the longer you're in, the odds start stacking in your favor, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think it's probably because, A, you're, you, know, you're, you found your groove and you found your voice as a comedian, and you're starting to get attention as a comic, and you're starting to you know, be great at your craft. But then there's that other flip side where you start making your relationships, right, in the business. You start meeting people. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you have friends that you've been friends with, you came up with, you grew with. But I think mostly as an artist, you know, it's it, comedy is such a rare, it, it's such a, it's such a rare thing, man. I mean, because there's, in order to be doing it right, you have to have been doing it, in my opinion, at least eleven years to really know who you are. Now, don't get me wrong; you could put together a strong fifteen, twenty minutes in eight, seven, eight years, and just rest on that, uh, rest on that for the rest of your career. You know, uh, but to really dig back in, in the eighties. Say what, buddy? No, I was just saying. Keep going. I was just saying, like, but, but to I was to your point. I was just saying, but to really dig in, you, right? To really, to really be a stand-up, to be a, a Rogan or a Burr or a, a, you know those with a body of work and constantly putting out new material, like a Chappelle, you know what I mean, or a Chris Rock. Yep. You really got to submerge yourself in, 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 into the business, you know. So, and that's not not saying that you can't hit. A lot of guys would hit at you know become famous and stop doing stand up. I right. mean, these guys hit hit early, but kept not early, early, but you know what I mean. Yeah, they they hit well into their career and, they, and they've never put the mic down. You know, it's like Chris Dalia is a, a good example of that too. Chris Chris keeps working and working and working as a comic. Right. You know, he doesn't stop. 
No, you could tell Dalia and he loves just the craft. Get a sitcom and quit. Yo, yo, I talk, I saw you talking to Dalia at the comedy store, which is our our home, and you were talking about like how back in the day and this and that. And I feel like, I feel like I didn't meet Dalia till like two years ago. Like, wait, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Was he always hanging around the store, or where was I? Yeah, dude, he's always been there, man. He's been there, dude. I remember before, right when I had gotten past at the store. Well, Chris has been acting since he, I think he was like 14. And he's been doing comedy since he was like 18. And no um, he was just a young dude, man. I remember uh, where every room I, I would see him at, every room I would do with the ha-ha, like those offshoots, he was always there with a notebook. The kid, was, the kid worked his ass off, man. He really did. I love that, man. Is there anything better than a fresh notebook to a comedian? <laughs> You, I have like 10 fresh notebooks with the first two pages. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Brett. And then a shit ton of napkins with just lines everywhere that no, I don't even know yeah. what I'm uh, No, your notes. Yeah. Your notes are a, re- a direct reflection of your whole style of life. You know what I mean? I know you're not a, you're not an outliner. You don't write seven concepts straight down a page. No, 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 no. Your shit is on a shoe on your wrist. It's on the the back of a hat. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Brett and I, we've had. Uh, let me let's just talk real quickly, and then we're gonna get to all, all the awesome shit you're doing right now, which nobody's shocked at, bro. You you are you are definitely one of the funniest dudes. I'll get to your confrontational lifestyle in a minute, but how much fun? Did we have on the Young American Comedy Tour? And people bring it up to me once a week, and I don't. You know, I got. I've been doing so much other stuff that I don't have the physical or mental capacity to like re up any idea of it or concept. But how much fun was that moment in time for us? It was all right. You hate <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's all right. I love. I love how that's such a loaded question. No, but I like, mean, like, it wasn't. What do you think? It's like that was the best, right? How much fun did we have? No, but you know what's what, funny. What am I gonna say? Meanwhile, as I'm, it was th- awful. You would get drunk. You'd hit on me. Yo, meanwhile, <laughs> I realize Brett's married now. It's like all the things that are running through my mind. Maybe I can't even bring up. You know what I mean? Like the thing we just did so many. There say, were so many things. I will say it's it's it's. I'm not just joking, man. It's one. It was one of the best times, man. Dude, because. When do you get to travel with all of your boys? When Mike Young calls. You know, well, dude, it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, you know, it was me, you, Burns, Sebastian, Butch Bradley jumped on it, Burt Kreischer. Um, God, Ian Edwards did it too, Tony Rock. Bobby Lee. Who, Bobby Lee. Um, it was, dude, it was just great. And, you know, especially with comedy, where, like, you know, when you're headlining on your own, like right now, I'm, you know, I'm in a hotel room. I mean, granted, this is an exception because my family's here and I've been seeing some friends. But on the norm, you're by yourself. You sit in a room, just you know, napping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many? Yeah. How many double nap days do you have? It's like I said, or so double nap. No problem. <laughs> double, double nap. You're 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 rubbing one out on everything. Everything. It's like I think Tom Segura has a joke about that. Or I'll just. I'm just jerk off on the on the on the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> comedy is filthy. That lifestyle. And, but I'm saying, but it, when when you get to travel with your friends and it was, get paid and just drink and do karaoke, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. No, we had a ton of fun, and I'll never forget. No wrecked hotel rooms. 
No, we weren't rock and roll wrecking hotel rooms, bro. We were keeping it neat. No, no, you know throwing I mean? televisions out no, of windows. No, nothing crazy. The best, you know, the worst thing we had was like Steve Byrne would get in a fight in an elevator and like come out, you <laughs> know what I mean, with a chipped tooth and have to go to radio with a chipped tooth. You know? Now we weren't wrecking rooms because no, nobody was, uh, nobody was like out of control. Like there was no blow and. No, we were nothing. Worst, we were jogging together. And, and 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 Mike would get would smoke weed, drink Patron, and eat broccoli. Broccoli which, and tequila. By the way, that, <laughs> that's that's his fucking secret to, to you. Yeah, broccoli and tequila, bro. I, I invented it on the road. I felt great. You know what I mean? It's the road diet. If you can keep it light on the road, you're good. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Mike just eats. He eats soup, <laughs> broccoli, and Patron and weed. That's his and. And 18-year-old models. That's his, that's <laughs> yeah, his diet. Either that or, or, or the same diet as a 90-year-old slowly dying man. Well, you like this really fancy tequila. I can't remember the name of it. Don Julio. Don Julio, that's right. Yeah, it's been out there. Yeah, Don Julio and Yeho, slow sip. I've had one sip of tequila in five and a half months. Everybody else is out there drinking now. You know, I had a, I had a sip of tequila at, at Missy's. I did end up having a sip. But I noticed. I didn't disappear, bro. I, was, I, I couldn't get a word in. There were so many, you know what I mean? Get a just, word and you were gone. What are you talking about? No, I saw you up in the, you know, I mean, there were so many people to see that we haven't seen forever. Faces I didn't remember. There were like girls that I couldn't even, I didn't remember from the store. They're like, hey, from like, you know, six, 16, 17 years ago. That was heavy, man. That was heavy. It was, it was very cool because no matter what you do in this career or this comedy world or this, you know, Hollywood shit, at least for comedians, you, if you didn't get through, you know, if you, Mitzi Shore was the conduit to all everything, and it changes your life, yeah. and it change, it literally changes your life because it gives you a stage to work your craft every single night for a long period of time until she doesn't like you anymore and then she doesn't book you as much. But that, <laughs> but that first, that first moment of like, come here, you're a regular, bro. That was the best, <laughs> Brett. Are you brushing your teeth? <laughs> no, why? I hear water. I hear scrubbing. I hear I hear so many so many things, man. There's so much going on in Jersey in your hotel room right now. You can't sit still. By the way, anybody that knows not, Brett, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. No, finish, finish what you're saying. I was just saying how great you know all how all. What's <laughs> <laughs> going on back there? <laughs> How all comedy roads have led to Mitzi Shore. I mean, she was a boss, bro. She was a female to be boss. In that room, though, man. Dude, you think about how many people were there. That was crazy. Jim Carrey, yeah, Jimmy I saw Jim Walker Carrey. to Jim Carrey. All Jimmys in between. You know what I mean? Jimmy Walker, Jim Carrey, Jimmy Schubert, all the Jims. But see, yo, Jim, Jim yo, Jim Carrey was just rolling around. I mean. Listen, man, it was, it, it's a blessing. The comedy store changed my life. I didn't know what I was going to do, do bro. Keep, what do you think, what do you think the, the, the magic formula is for the comedy store? I have my opinion on it, but what do you think it is? Are you, do you mean the magic formula, why it's booming right now, or the magic formula, why it's no, such a why place? I mean, why, why comedy store comedians are able to because pretty it's, much do any room, any place, oh, I, because any I, scenario. I think the magic, well, because in the comedy store, 
You've performed in front of six people. You've performed in front of one person. You've performed in front of zero in the belly room like I used to do, repeat my shit in the mirror. You've performed in front of a packed house. You've performed in front of a crowd that hates you, a crowd that loves you. And just like boxing or any other thing that you got to practice and go through a war to get good at, I think it's the war zone, the boxing gym of comedy. It's the only place where every single... I've, I've I've had girls stripping and making out on stage. It's everything, everything that you can, yeah. every scenario possible in life for a performer happens in that building. Yeah, you have to follow and do everything. I I think though the the number one key, uh, in, in from you know doing this twenty one years now. Wow. There's no M There's no MC. And we have to follow whatever whoever just went up or whatever just went up. Oh yeah, you guys have to introduce each other. That's a great point. Yeah, I, 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 I followed Chris Rock to Dice, to to uh, yeah, just name them. I mean, yep. and and not more than once. So you, you're you're following some you're you're following a comedy legend when you're a seven year comic. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no they just doubt. bring you up, and half the room is emptying out because they want to get an autograph or something. You know, or it's just I, I always thought that that was the the magic with that place. That that was like the ultimate training. There's no buffer. That's, There's nobody coming up, and, and it's just, all right, I'm going to bring up your next comic. And a lot of times, they don't even know who you are. Yep. I it's remember you. coming up. You remember what, I remember Dice goes to me one time. He goes, who? And they're like, Brent. <laughs> he goes, Brent? That's who funny is so- this? Right? And then he, then he looks. He goes, oh, I've seen you hanging out. Then he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes how tall are you? I go, I'm about 6'2". He goes, how much do you weigh? I go, I'm about 205. There's his intro. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, those are moments, man. Those are moments. And that's you have the, to go up. That's the beauty of the comedy store. And, and like... It's funny because financially it doesn't change you when you become a regular at the store. It doesn't change your lifestyle, but it changes – it almost flips a switch on your ego, right? It flips a switch and it lets you go, okay, now I'm in with like the I'm – in, I'm in a place where all the greats. So then, you know what I mean? You get this like fire in your belly for a long you time. Could feel, you could feel the greatness there. I, I, did, I used to do this analogy – about the place, uh, Peter Luger's in Brooklyn, right? The, the steaks. Yeah. The reason why they say the steaks are so good is because they haven't washed that pot, the, the cast iron pan. Because you're not supposed to. You just wipe it out. Then when you heat it up, it kills all the bacteria. And that they haven't. It's been it's been the same pan for 50 years. And they say that's why those steaks are so good because you know the pan has absorbed all all of the flavors over the years. And I feel like that's the OR. It's that. It's that it's been yeah. so, there's been so many great comedians, so much dysfunction, so much oh crazy shit that went on there that it's just the energy there is. Hey, hold, hold on a second, okay? Hold right. on. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what's going on over there. Sounds like there's dishes or something right, I'm breaking. Sorry. I'm, I'm just, I just. There's so, yo, I, Brett, I know, I Brett just like washed his toenail clippings down the down the sink. Dude, I, I don't want to know what's going on. <laughs> Full blown self pedicuring. <laughs> I know. Around, I know you're doing it, but uh. So yeah, I'm yeah. You, no, you're 100 percent right. It's stick. I'm doing stick. 
<laughs> no, man. The comedy. See? That's why I'm so funny. I'm doing shtick on the phone. Yo, the best thing about Brett that people don't even know is Brett's offstage game is off the charts. Brett in society should have been your show, bro. And maybe it still will be. But you've never seen a person pick a quick argument up and just run with it with facts. I don't even know Brett can read. And Brett, so, and so, this motherfucker has facts from various newspapers, periodicals, shit no one's heard, firm, confident quotes from, from places around the world. I mean, Brett, I mean, I, I just have this picture of Brett, right? Remember, like, 15 years ago, we're, like, in Miami somewhere. Tall, tall, stunning, blonde models are at our show in Coconut Grove or wherever we are. I come out. I'm, like, so excited just to be on the road meeting a new fine girl. I'm like, yo, we got, like, a pack of the girls. You know, there's three of us. There's three beautiful girls. I come out. Like, I open up my whole – I open up a door (laughs) and Brett – Brett is in a full political debate with a six foot one stunning Brazilian model. <laughs> she doesn't even know what he's saying. All, of, all I know is Brett is just talking his way out of a one night stand quicker than anything I ever saw. Yeah, you go. I've never seen. I've never seen one guy argue himself out of getting laid in my life. Oh my god! It was. It was un, he argued himself out of getting laid so many times on the road. But it, I, it, it, here's because me, first of all, you exaggerate just a little. <laughs> but that's all right. All right, thanks. You're not known for that, but no. there is truth to this. Okay, yeah. there is truth to this. Uh huh. And the truth is, is that especially at that time, I I, I don't. I can't, and I've always had this problem. I can't placate. And and I don't, and by the way, I'm not saying that, like, I keep it real. It's a problem. I've been working <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean just because, you know, if you ask, I don't, and, and if you ask me my opinion, I'm going to fucking tell you. Oh, yeah. That's how it used to be. Yeah, I didn't realize it's it's bad etiquette. You just, you just keep it to yourself. <laughs> but the thing that I hated, and I know specifically what you're talking about, and it's almost like I was biting my tongue on the Kill Tony show. Is that I, because this Australian chick that was a DJ came up and, and you know, right. talking about house music and in America, you people do this. And, and, you know, whenever you're dealing with foreign people, they like to go in on us. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And they, and, and this chick was used to these, these hamster dudes going, yeah, you're right. We're stupid. Yeah, we're, you know. I'm, and we just—I remember—we got into it. Yeah, I'm Brett, like, why are you here then? All she was doing was crapping on America. Right. I did it for the country because I'm a patriot. Right. Don't don't come at Brett with any anti-American DJ sentiment. Don't don't, don't come here promoting your Brazilian house music. You know what I mean? You're, Can I just say something? Yeah. Okay. And 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 I'm. I mean, of course, I'm I'm trying to uh, make make this sound good. But <laughs> yeah. these a lot of these hot chicks are just used to everybody agreeing with them. Of course, of you know course. I mean? <laughs> are you no. kidding? You're the diffuser, bro. You bring hot girls all. You bring them all down to a six. <laughs> all these girls, they have no idea. They get done talking to Brett. They go home. They breathe. They rebrush their hair. They recheck their makeup. They can't believe how ugly they feel. It's a, by the way, Brett. I think it's a great thing. Fuck all you can always just walk around the earth like a beautiful, stunning Amazon getting told yes all day. No. Meet Brett Ernst. He'll put you right back in check. You know what I mean? Like like a real relative. 
Brett's- no, listen, man. First of all, I was in my, tw- you know, back then I was in my 20s. I've calmed down a lot. Even in my. Calm down. I stopped. I've calmed down like, I'd say about six, seven years ago. I really started calming down a little. Listen, to, you know what's funny, Brett? It's to, to me, it's not about placating. It's about you only have so much energy left in life. Like, we only got so much. Where do you want to direct it? Think about it. Once you started putting it back on stage as opposed to in a hallway, you know what I mean, for no money, yeah, things start happening better for you. It, it just, well, it's just, well, that's the point. It's just a shift. A lot of the time you, you get, you know, you get, especially with your career, you get frustrated and, and uh, uh, you know, you're not making money. You're, you're delivering pizzas at 29 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, God, I could be doing so many other things, but I'm just going to stay the course and do this. And you yep. got stuff in your personal life going on. And then, you know, you're out in the parking lot and somebody wants to say, hey, uh, Emmett Smith is not, it, it was terrible. <laughs> and then I'm just like, what are you nuts? He had a... <laughs> 12 consecutive 100,000-yard seasons. And then you just take it out that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then it ends up, all of a sudden, you look out the back of the comedy store, Brett's shirtless. He's fucking fuming. He's got red cheeks. <laughs> no, I, I've never, ever... Yeah. Listen, I have two rules. The two things that I don't I don't discuss people. Number one is, like, religion. You know, whatever you believe, you believe. But if you're going to sit there and tell me, you know, that you're going to discount Joe Montana... <laughs> You know, in a Tom Brady debate, then yeah, we're going to get into it. I think your next show is going to be some sort of sports-oriented debate where maybe you just look in the mirror and you're just debating yourself. Yeah, well, it's a low cost. Low cost. I've literally argued with people I agreed with. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I've seen. All jokes aside, I think it's a regional thing. Last night we were at the Brick House in, in Wyckoff. And um, these guys are talking. It's like, it's, it's like 12 knees. Oh, know? my God. Italian guys, hands everywhere. And this guy's <laughs> screaming about uh, a, a piece of paper that he threw away or something that didn't get in the garbage. And everybody's just yelling. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, this has got to be a re- – it's either cultural, regional – but I'm sitting with, with three other guineas, you know? And they're like, ah, that's the way, what are you talking about? That's so funny. You know, that, yeah. How do you, my question is, how, you know, how do you get your word in? And that's like, where do you pick your spot to get in? Because I've been around your people. I've been around you, your group. I just, I don't have like the vocal quality to get up in there. Like, I'm like, yo, my, I don't, I can't yell loud enough to get in the mix. <laughs> I just end up sitting back just on surrender. Well, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just sweet. We, we all shout at me. You know, I, I get in the – it's all fun, actually, to be honest with you. I think, no, it's I think, fun. I can, debate, sure. I can debate basketball, but that's Especially with it. sports, you know. We love arguing. I love arguing sports, man. I can do that shit all fucking day. We were just talking about – Yeah, we just, we were just talking about, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go to the – I don't know if you saw the picture, but I was at, I was at the Cavs game when they won uh, game seven front row with Gilbert. Did you see the picture? No, a, I didn't see the picture. I'll send you a screenshot. Fantastic! I got my beret on, sitting front row. But you, you think that you think the Cavs are going to win this thing, or are you they going to come back, or is it over for them? I mean, they should win it. You know what I mean? If not, I, I don't. I don't understand why they're not winning it. <laughs> Lazy defense, you know? bad defense. On I, the mean, Cavs. I mean, I, mean, I, was, I remember LeBron was like, "Well, don't don't panic." All of a sudden, they're down two games. You know what I mean? 
Right. I mean, his teammates aren't really doing anything to help him out. So it's like LeBron and Kevin Love versus five people. Yeah. I have a see. I have a um, I have a theory about this. Like like you know, people compare Jordan to LeBron, which I I don't know if that's a fair comparison. I, I uh, you know, and again, I I think Kobe has more of an argument being compared to LeBron. I mean, being compared to Jordan right. and LeBron, even though LeBron's there. But neither here nor there. I would say the difference, like, Jordan's arrogance in, in basketball, and again, they're both stellar athletes. This is just, it's just a, two sides of the same coin in a sense. But Jordan's comes more from achievement. Like, you know, he was cut from his basketball team. I mean, he plays with passion. He, he had to earn everything to get to as great as he was. Where LeBron has been a physical specimen from day one. Right. So his 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 arrogance comes from I've dominated my whole life. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes that's a great point actually. His whole life he's so, been right. He's been the king. He's been catered to. He's he's he's, he's, he's like gotten 14. every he's gotten every call. You know what I mean? He's he's yeah, he's, he's been a, able. I mean, he's always been the man amongst boys. He had a Hummer as a so senior his, in high school. His, yeah. <laughs> so his his cockiness, his sureness comes from the fact that I've always dominated. I'll continue to dominate. Where Jordan's was like, I, I've lost, and and now I'm, I'm I'm I've made myself better. I'll never lose. Right. He comes and, from and, right. And, you know, come, I'm not saying his his is more earned, but I do feel it's a lot harder when you're as that much of a natural athlete. It's got it's got to be very it's got to be very few challenges, you know, that you have to face. Not saying he hasn't faced adversity, LeBron, but I think you know he's starting to face it as a pro, really. By the way, that's a great point. I wish I put that in. You know, I I wrote, I co-wrote Rappaport's book, the ranting book, and we have a chapter. Uh-huh. We have a chapter about a twenty about LeBron. Twenty three reasons why you'll never be Michael Jordan. I wish we had that as a reason. That's <laughs> that went right over our head. Well, he he skipped college. Yeah, not only did you know, he, he yeah he skipped college. He shaves his armpits. He'll never be Michael Jordan. <laughs> he does all kinds of weird but, I mean, shit. But Jordan's an anomaly. I mean, Jordan's a, a, a perfect storm, so to speak. I, I, look, it's the same thing with Jordan. Did it less Montana. time, also. He had less plan. He had less time because you know LeBron's been in the league since he's eighteen, and Jordan started when he was twenty-one. Yeah. Well, I can't believe I'm not a pro. You either, Brett. Man, we were solid athletes. You should, yo, you got, you guys should, you should have seen Brett's softball style. It's unbelievable. It's still probably the best comment ever made. Brett swings with all his childhood anger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was hitting. I was hitting. You go, yeah, it's all. It's all. It's all a childhood anger and shoulders. Yo, Brett's, no Brett's shoulders. You never saw. You never saw feet planted like this. You know what I mean? There's no pivot. There's no nothing. It's just two Italian feet planted in the sand, while these angry. Well, one one Italian, one German. <laughs> Right, both angry cultures, and they're looking away from each other. By the way, those feet just duck feeted out, and just coming around with a solid fucking angry shoulder swing, putting it out of the park. By the way, I was surprised by Kreischer's baseball ability. Kreischer's an athlete. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a little compact in there. It's some serious drinking. That was my uncle's favorite comment, by the way, when he came to see us in Atlantic City. Kreischer. He still, yeah, he loves Kreischer. I will, yo, I'm Kreischer really, had the fucking sweater on and they took it off. He's on stage. He's, he's been he, he just him up. 20 years of shirtlessness. <laughs> yo, Kre- um, Kreischer took his do you, shirt. Do you chime in on the Brady versus Montana debate at all or not? 
No, because I'm not educated enough. I'm not enough of a fan. I mean, listen, I just, no, there's no debate to me. I don't really care enough. I, I grew up playing sports, you know what I mean? I played baseball, hockey, and basketball my whole life. I love playing. What's your playing. sport? Hockey? Is that would, that would you say that's your sport? Hockey, hockey? Hockey's my sport. Hockey's my, it's my sport. I mean, I chose the sport that I wasn't even best at. I was best at baseball and basketball. I loved hockey, though, so much I just went at it, and I yeah. stuck with it, and and went not very far at all. Basketball is my sport. I can't talk any other sports. Stock tip Dave, five foot four, claims to be a great three point shooter. Oh yeah, I'm lights out shooter. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm still I'm still playing hockey, Brett. I'm in a, I'm in a men's league right now. You know what I mean? I need to get of that shit. Of course you are. I need to get it out. You're 78 years old, still bad. Oh, I'm, I'm doing my wind sprints this week. I can't wait to. I got to sprint it out. I wish I played. I, I I didn't know I was good at baseball till later in life, which sucks. I just played football, and uh, I threw some leather around in my, <laughs> my late teens and early twenties. I threw some leather with boxing. Yeah. Yeah, yo, you and I never, I never held the pads for you. I should hold the pads for you. I'll put you through a good box. Oh, those workout. days are done, man. I got a torn rotator cuff. I got uh, all kinds of <laughs> joint problems now. You got Cheetos. Keeping my hook, my hook is in tighter now, man. Because I'll still, I'll still pound the bag every now and then, you know. And, I, um, I used to, I used to come wide, but since I tore the rotator cuff, I had to keep it in a little tighter and, and feeling a little pound. By the way, how great is is uh, Lemonchenko? Lemonchenko. Lemoncello's unbelievable, bro. Do you know his dad put him in Ukrainian dance from the time he was four to the time he was 13 years old? He was a dancer. Yeah, my, my buddy made a point. He's like, you know what? He goes, if, if, if this kid, after 12 fights, you can still make the argument. I mean, he can make the Hall of Fame because of what he's done in so little time. But he had like 300 and something amateur fights. But I, the movement on this kid is just so precise. Listen, I'll, I mean, I'll admit it. After I saw Lomachenko fight and I heard that he took Ukrainian dance, I went to Third Street Dance and I got a pamphlet. What? I got, I, got a, <laughs> I got a brochure on dance classes. On my life, bro, I'm going to take a dance class to get my footwork back just for stage and the periodic sparring sessions that I have. I'm so taking like, why dance. Is my, why is my dancing and telling jokes? Well, you might be the only Wait. guy in the class, though. Oh, good. <laughs> Mike, what? You're 59 years old. Why would you even think about for what footwork? For what? Let me tell you, you something, Brett. The speed bag again for the hundred thousand time you, on, on Facebook. You, <laughs> you love. By the way, you love my speed my speed bag work. I can't find a heavy bag angle. I gotta I gotta find a place to put the camera for when I hit the heavy bag. I love boxing, bro. You know that. I love it. It's my favorite workout. And I, you're the best out of the out of the ring fighter there ever was. Ever lived. I love that. There's, <laughs> no, there's nobody better. Undefeated. Brett, what's your opinion on this, right? So, you know, like seven, eight years ago, right? You know, I was I came up with you in, in stand up. We were doing it all the time together. I was on the road with Rogan. I was on the road with Russell. I was doing my thing with the Young Americans. Comedy, comedy, comedy. Then I got my I got sidetracked in a very positive, and I'm not saying anything yeah, down you, about this. You got sidetracked by being successful. <laughs> yeah, I got. You're si- the only guy I know of that has, is author of books, directors, writers of movies, and is still getting one o'clock spots. Is it unfucking believable? Who do I need to kidnap? What is going on? Nobody cares. That's the thing about the comedy store. They don't care if you made a movie. They don't care if you directed another movie. And I got another one coming out. And I'm still, I think I got an 8 o'clock spot tomorrow. I think I'm opening the OR. 
I got fucking what's your listen, dude. I I know for a fact that Adam, you know, Adam it is so hard right now for him. And and not only that, he's doing and I'm not just saying this, he put two shows together, which were selling out both shows, thank God. Yeah. But he put these two shows together every night so that guys that have that he wants to book that aren't famous, you know, <laughs> that they can get spots. Right. No, I know it's a tough. Listen, I know he's got a tough I mean, you spot. made the cut. There's about there's about a hundred comics that were working when we were working that 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 got got cut that that didn't even don't even get spots. Right. No, I'm I'm bl- so listen. Give me if he's giving you eight o'clock. I mean, you know, I'm not complaining. Take it. I mean, I'm, no, I no. told him. I said, look, dude. I said, just give me OR, man. As many as possible. I love the OR. I like the OR better than the main room. The main Same. room check is way better. But the OR to me is... is the best I feel space. more at home in that room, man. Of course. It's the best room in the world. It, it, it beats you up. It just it gets you... That's the, that, the, the original room at the comedy store is what... Grinding it out in that room. And then when Joe Rogan took me on tour... I made the direct connection of I've been in a war zone for so long, and then when I went on the road with Rogan to a packed house of people that wanted to laugh and were paying money, dude, it's so much, bro. It's like swinging. It's like warming up with fifteen donuts on your back. <laughs> for real, for real. It was like and then, butter, and then getting I, up to the plate, and it's slow pitch, uh, hardball, no, <laughs> underhand pitching. No, that's a great analogy, man. It was like the great craziest feeling, and I remember distinctly having that moment of going, "Oh my god, this is butter. This is this is what it's supposed to be." The comedy store works you out, beats you up good, and sends you out to just go have a just go be great in your fight. It's it, it's 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 a special place, Listen, man. It's way harder. It's way harder to make five people laugh than it is to make 500 last. And on top of that, um, being in that room, you, you start to, you start to develop your own style. Like for me, I always, I always tried to make, um, I don't want to like comedy is not in the presentation. It's in the conversation. And uh-huh. when you're able to con- connect with an audience, the only way you can learn how to connect with an audience is to connect with an empty room. If yeah. you can connect with an empty room, I know it sounds crazy to people. Yeah. You 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 learn how to connect with more people. Now the the, the bigger they're now, once you start getting in front of thousands of people, <clears throat> then like if you have seventy people talking, it's it's it can become disruptive. Now it's a whole other level. Yeah, it's a whole other different way of doing it. Yep. You know where you just you, it's ha- much harder to connect because you're not going to get three thousand people quiet. <laughs> You've been headlining on your own for so long. Did you ever go with Russell and do one of those like fifteen thousand seaters? Did you ever go on one? No. Of them? Okay. No, I mean, what I did, um, I was doing theaters when you know, especially when we did the Vince Vaughn tour. Um, yeah, Wild West. But for me, like my my biggest crowd is by myself that I've ever drawn was seven hundred. That's a beautiful number, man. Seven hundred. Yo, I. Seven hundred. You get to a thousand. It's like a different rhythm, man. It's like there's like this little mini right. There's like a mini wave coming back at you, and you have to actually do. Brett, do you are you conscious of changing your pace when the laughs take longer to get at you? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It does throw your timing off. But in the beginning, I had that problem. But after a while, I mean, I I I started. It's weird, man. I've I've always worked for myself, like my own. I've always tried to develop my own style, so to speak. And what works best for me, like 
which is similar, but it's different, like in acting. Right. I, uh, you know, I, I wasn't good in acting class. Not that I don't play well with others. I don't have patience with listening to other people <laughs> use it as therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That makes you sense. You know, I, I want to work. I have an athlete's mentality. I don't want to hear, oh, that was awesome. I want to hear, look, this is what you did wrong, you know? Right. And, and, and I like to, com- I'm not competing. I'm competing against myself, so to speak. So what, what I started doing in, with, cause with acting, there's a lot of things that, that, that are involved. There's listening. There's, you got to know where you want to be, but you have to have thoughts behind your actions. And, you know, you have to, I, I, I tend to be an intense guy. So I have to be a little bit more subtle if I'm doing film. You know what I mean? And yeah. you could be shooting, you know, you could be shooting the climax the first week of the film. Yep. And then, you know, you you just got to know where your character's at. There's a lot involved. Absolutely. You can work, you can work those on stage. And what, what happens is, and then I, I found myself as a comic having a certain timing, a certain rhythm. And the rhythm, I, was, I would say something and then I would, I would be used to a laugh there. And then I would feel that rhythm and go to something else. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So when you start performing in front of crowds where the laughter rolls... I took the acting aspect into it. Oh, by the way, I, I do a coach. I don't do a class. I like the one-on-one. Right. Um, I've but done that, I took, yeah. I, I took what I was doing now is I was actually listening. I, I wasn't, I, I was, I stopped breaking rhythm. I had to break my rhythm. I had to break my patterns. Yeah. Isn't that, you know, and, and by doing that, it's just, yeah, listening, just listening on stage. It's funny, man. You know? It's an uncomfortable moment when the laughs are coming at you and you don't want to talk over them. There's like, there's a specific time that you can start talking, right? Like, oh, like <laughs> it's like at the tail end of their laugh is when you start again to talk. Well, I would say the only thing, and the the best way to train that too, like you can't really do what I just said as a middle, unless you're going to do ten minutes worth of material on a fifteen minute set or fifteen and within the twenty. But when you're when you got the whole hour and a half to fill, or I usually do an hour and fifteen. Yeah, you know, it's so much easier to take your time. Right. So you know, this is if you're you know, and and that's where the training really comes into play is when you start headlining and and you start going to different places and different venues and you know, look, I only need one percent of America to like me, and I'm good. Yep. If I can get one one percent, <laughs> yeah. I can retire or buy an island. Yeah, I think you're gonna go. Go Yeah, I mean, I think you're like you. You're gonna have your following, bro. There are people who feel the way you feel in this world. They may not have your argumentative skills, but they're with you. I think. I think you're. I think you're good, Mikey. I'm working clean now. I don't do any political stuff. I'm not really a political guy. More so as I don't even mean that. I'm not even talking about your. No, but I meant like I, I, I. For me, I feel like everything is so divisive now. And everything has been heard. Both sides have been heard over and over again. When we first started, you know, it, it was a different. It was we were getting here. Everything, like I tended to be more vocal about things on stage because I thought people weren't. Right. But now I think because of social media and everything, it's like fuck it. You can I, now. It's almost like when a, and I'm not even kidding. I'll record it tonight and play it for you. Before I start my shows, I tell everybody, "Don't worry, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't do politics." So we're gonna have fun tonight, and everybody claps. It's almost like when a band goes, 
don't worry, I don't have a new album. We're going to be doing all of our old stuff, and everybody's all happy. Nobody wants to hear the new shit. So are, you are, feel all the your audience... bits, are all your bits Sorry. like personal experiences, or what? where do you get your, your uh, bits from? By the way, Stock Tip, Dave will, Stock Tip Dave will throw an interruption and a, a left-field question that's just disjointed, so just bear with him. I love it. I think it's a great question. I, I, I'm more, I like to be personal, man. I like to tell personal stories and talk about, you know, I like to make fun of my tragedies or things that I've experienced. You know, that's what my special is basically. That's why I released it for free online. I literally shot it, released it for free, built out a website for it. I was getting too many notes from too many people. Oh, nice. um, this may not work. This might not work. The only notes that I, that really helped me with it was Neil Brennan. And Neil, Neil was like, dude, cause Neil understood more of the structure than the critiquing of, well, maybe you shouldn't say this or that. He's like, no, keep it under this amount. Cut, you could cut this, this, this. Cause he's a real comic. Yeah. He's a real standup. Whereas, you know, I was getting notes from other people and other, every note was different. And, and I was just like, you know what? Fuck this, man. Who are you getting like, notes from? Other this. comics? Like, were you putting up your hour and then getting notes on your hour? That type of thing? No, not other comics. It was more... Um, Executive I don't want to... Without getting into the process of right. it. Was, uh, other people were giving me notes. Right. And then I, I just said, I'm not going to put myself through this. I know I shot it once. It's, a, it's more in a one-man show format. Yeah. In stand-up. You know what I mean? Because it's a personal story. If I could do it over again, I would have done two shows. But it's done. It's out, and I'm on to the next one. And it's the way I wanted to do it. Yep. Even though it's not perfect, but you... it's 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 pretty interesting, man. I've, I've been getting, dude. I'll be honest with you, man. I've been getting uh, great feedback from it. Yeah, man. Like, really strong. People have been hitting me up for interviews and stuff. You've always gone personal, bro. Ever since I've known you, you were never like a, just a straight. You've never been a straight political. You've maybe dabbled in politics in your act back in the day, but you've always come with real stories, and I think that's a testament to a real comic. You know, at least the comics I I like to watch. You know what I mean? And I remember, like, you know, isn't it funny how like like a few tidbits of advice will stick out forever if somebody says something. Like, 10 years ago, Chappelle said one thing that I always remember. He's like, I always drop myself in the middle of everything I'm talking about. Like, he just, that just stuck with me. It's like, no matter what I'm finding funny, I drop myself in the middle of that. You know, come from that personal experience. You know, I I always took that from him. And And then Neil one time came up to me and he was like, man, funny shit, man, funny shit. You know what you should do, though? speed up the way you talk speed it up like uh 0.5 like turn it up a notch and i didn't really get what he was kind of saying other than just simply speed it up and i simply sped it up and i was like this motherfucker's got a point like for some reason i was just talking a little slower and whatever but when i sped it up and and put a little more energy into it it actually changed the dynamic of what was going on it was great advice bringing your music back to your head or what I stop cursing, man. I don't curse on stage. Good. This next set, the, the next set I'm doing is going to be so clean. You know what's funny, Brett? You know? I swear to God, bro. I was going to tell you a couple of years ago because you're so damn good. At, you, you just you're, you're so great without the like. You don't need it. You just don't need it. But it's your defense. It was your defense mechanism for whatever reason. You no, try- it's just how you know what it was. It, I always had the goal that I would be the guy on stage that I was off stage. So like, if me and you were having a conversation. I'd be like, I wanted to be like, yo, hold on a second. Let me go. And then just go up and continue that conversation as if I was with you. 
then get off and then finish the conversation. And right. the, what was what was happening is I was becoming too relaxed. Right. And, you know, and I'm negating the art. For, the, it's still a performance. And just because when I'm with my boys and, you know, we're hanging out and I'm like this effing guy, FF, and they don't really care. And, and, you know, I ended up cursing too much. I had to stop cursing off stage so I wouldn't curse on stage. And when I was editing my uh, my special, I'm like, God, why am I, what am I, why is there every other word? And then I'm like, I'm too comfortable. Was there a lot of... It's almost like, when, it's almost like you know, you're in a relationship and you get too comfortable with each other. Yeah, that's why I'm... And you stop yeah. being romantic and you stop, you know, she's not dressing up and, you know, yeah. you just stop, you just get comfortable. That's That comfortability could sometimes be a detriment. And, and I started realizing that I'm not respecting... The craft. I'm not respecting the, the, the performance as much. I'm, I'm, I was more into like, it would be like being the dopest freestyle lyricist, but, you know, your beats suck. Or, or you know, you're, not, you're missing an aspect of the performance. I can't believe how strong your analogies are today. You're four for four. Yeah. That's, a great anal- that's a great analogy. Being the greatest it's freestyle. It's a lot easier to listen to me when I'm not yelling. <laughs> Yo, I got to catch you more fr- like fresh off a nap. I gotta catch you fresh out the nap game. No, but you're you're yo no, but that's so true, man. You gotta respect the tension of it. Like you gotta, it's a performance. You're up there in front of people. You can't just be so cool and so relaxed. You know that's a great point, man. You gotta keep it tight. No, Dave, you'd you'd have a tough time. I I gotta I gotta sing Mike's praises. Remember when I was uh, I was headlining on. Stand up live, and I think did you you came in for a performance. Were you doing the um? Were you doing the uh, not the onion? What's it called? The uh, okay. the the chive? Did you do the chive show with us? I feel like maybe I did. I, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. It was that sta- it was that stand up live, or were you opening for me? Like, cause I just think you were there one night. I don't think you were there with me the whole weekend. Or were you with me the whole? Weekend? Oh no, I think I was with you the whole weekend. I think you did. You yes, took me. Yes, you were. Yeah, That's right. you tilted. You tilted. Kilted. You ordered some rocks. I killed it. No, uh, <laughs> killed it. <laughs> no, um, I remember. I think my. I forgot who was there, but it's just about the set. And I go. Uh, I said. Uh, I said. Watch. I said. Watch this kid. I mean, you know, a kid, you're 78 years old, but I go, I go watch this guy. And it was just 20 minutes of just precision butchery. I, and I said, I go, I go, this is, who, I think it was the manager. Because they're like, is he funny? I said, you don't know who that is? But you open with sagging all the time? And I just go, watch this. And they were like, Jesus. It, it was just, dude, it was one of your sets. Thanks. You hadn't been drinking. Yep. We, uh, <laughs> you, were, you were fresh out of bed. You were on one of your cleanses. I can always see <laughs> when your cheeks are rosy, I know it's going to be a good set. <laughs> Yo, fresh. I was just. No, you destroyed, you destroyed that. There was one show in, in, in Scottsdale and I was in, uh, in Arizona. I'm like, oh my God. And then the next thing you know, I'm taking photos with you and four four broccolis. Yeah, like, this kid is out of control. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of. I appreciate that, Brett. That's funny, man, because now you're bringing back full circle what I was saying in the very beginning. And comedy is my love, man. Like I know that the movie stuff has paid bills and it's done some really cool things, and I, I love it. I do. I love directing. It's a great. It's 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 its own like energy force. It's its own thing. I dig it. 
but like I am fiending right now, like to get back into the groove of stand up because of something because of th- like what you just said. You know what I mean? Like I've got it in me to have a great special and I want to get it out. And what I was going to ask you is you've got it in you. You've been doing it 20 years. Go right. But no, but what I'm saying is what, there are going to ask me. I'm trying to ask. It, there was the seven, eight year chunk of this movie stuff that's happened, and I've lo- I didn't, I wasn't in my rhythm of doing stand up. And what I was going to say is, if I do an hour or when I do my hour special, do you think it's okay to bring some of those old bits back that, back that only you and my nine friends know that no one else has ever fucking seen? Because I know. That should have been out already. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say. That's what I wanted to know. You've got two hours worth of material. Yeah. And and, and, and about an hour and 45 of that, no one has ever seen. No one's seen <laughs> except, except seven models in Miami and Brett and Sebastian in Royal Oak. No, nobody, nobody. No, I'm dead serious, buddy. I'm dead serious. I mean, look, there's certain there's certain things that are age appropriate. So of course, of course. But it's still where you're at. Like I'm not it's like I'm. Where you, it's still where you're at in your life. Yeah, like so I'm. I'm doing. I'm like. Go ahead. Like for instance, if I'm married now and I couldn't be doing going clubbing and listening to techno that I did of when I was a seven to ten year comic, but your shit's evergreen, bro. Evergreen. Wow, that's maybe that's the name of the album. And I just posed with Could a be. with a well, tree you, behind you me. You might get sued by Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yo. Anyway, I, I I appreciate you being complimentary, man. And I it, it, and I'm trying to you know I talked to Ari the other night. Ari's like, yo, in New York, I get up twenty times a week. <laughs> And I'm like, if Dude, I would listen, you've got the capabilities. You've got, you know, you could direct the fucking thing yourself. Just, direct my own special. Just put a film, put a film crew together. There is no reason in today's day and age that you can't do what I did. You know, people were criticizing me. They're like, why don't you sell it? Why? Because I can't own it. Why don't you put it out and try? I didn't even try and shop it after a while. I, I mean, I went lower level in the beginning. Yep. Got a Mickey Mouse offer, but then I'm like, screw this. I'm going. I wanted to do it for free, anyways. I set it up. If they want to don't, if they want to own it, they can buy it. If they want to add them on my email list, they can add themselves. If they want to buy a shirt, they can buy a shirt. But they don't have to do anything just to watch it. And the reason for that is, I've been doing it too long and put too much time into it, and and I don't need permission to exist in anybody's world. Yeah. Does that make any sense? That makes a hundred percent sense. So for you, bro. I, feel, I forgot we're recording. I feel like I'm just talking to you. Yeah, but for you, yeah. people need to know what, what you do and what your passion is. And it should be out there online. And if you can't sell it, who fucking cares? Yeah. Just bury it. Get it Get it out there, man. Chop it up. Make it go viral. This is why the internet is, is the greatest thing that ever happened for comics. Yo, bro. That's because a, the, yep. the gatekeepers can't say this is who's the best. And nobody knows that people like you exist. It's unbelievable. Or, Burr or Sebastian. I mean, Sebastian <laughs> made the Forbes list. He's not even on television. It's unbelievable. It, it's 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 such a crazy world. So, I'm going to shoot my special. That's a hundred percent fact. Like, I'm going to help you with it, dude. I'm going to help you. With it. Thanks, Brett. You, you, no, I'm serious. I'll no. help you with it. Just give me about a hundred hundred grand, and then we'll make it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yo. Just uh, I'll help you with it, Mike. Good. It's not even done. I I, I was suggesting that to you anyway there's no bullshit it's not as hard as you think it is right we got to get the right venue 
Yep. And uh, we can we can do this, man. It's easy. Maybe we do it in L.A. or Detroit, my hometown, or somewhere. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll talk about it. But I want you to help me with it, man, because I want to. I, I want to do it. I'm not kidding. I want it done by before before the new year. Like I want to have my special in the can. I, and I need like to know that I'm gonna do something like that because it puts me in this certain mind frame where I'm already in shape, but like I want to be. I want to be practicing my act every night. I want to be getting in shape. I want to get physically ready for that fight and just put it out. Hey, can, I, can I can I tell you one more thing? It'll do. Yeah. Once you've got it out there, you'll be forced to not do it ever again. Great point. <laughs> So you're saying, you're saying no, the I can problem re- is the reason why you keep doing that stuff is because you know nobody knows it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I changed my over 25, under 25. All I did was change it to over 30, under 30. If I don't get this special out, it's just going to go on for years and years. Over 40, under 40. Over 50, under 50. I'm just going to keep growing. You know what I mean? By the way, I've had <laughs> Russell back. Well, I'm not... I forget. I was gonna say like Russell loved when I did the over twenty five, under twenty five bit. You know that bit. But, yeah. That's a great bit. You know what I mean? And uh, it was Russell. We were on the road. He's like, "Listen, I'll give you seven thousand for that bit." I go, Russell, if you give me a million, I'll never tell another joke again. I'll retire right now. But for seven grand, you ain't getting the bit. Now, the one joke I would buy off of you if I could is when you're like. Uh... <laughs> you ever have that one friend that takes everything too far? Yeah, let's kidnap your fat fucking dad. Yeah. What? That joke still kills everywhere. I've tagged, thank God I've added on a lot to it. But uh, yeah, thanks. Yo, Brett, if we're. You don't, if, if, wait, Mike, if you don't put out your special soon, your <laughs> jokes are going to be like, there's two types of women. Over sixty-five. <laughs> Over sixty-five. Got great grandkids. <laughs> Sleep all day. You know Watching that lock, but under sixty-five. Get your shuffleboard. Get your teeth out of the glass. Take them out of here. <laughs> I'm not washing your teeth. Get those teeth out of here. Oh man. But listen, cuz I got to bounce, man. I got to go somewhere. Yo, go ahead. Brett Ernst is right now on YouTube Red, starring in the show Cobra Kai. Oh, I love that. I and also show. check out my yeah. special. Go to brettcomedy.com. Brett Comedy. for free. Go to, all right. Brettcomedy.com. You check him out on Mike, Cobra Kai. have you watched Ka- it yet? Cobra, Cobra Kai? It's awesome. It's like- no, uh, the special. No, I'll watch it tonight. I haven't watched it. Just, just breeze through it so you see the shots. What the set looks like. Okay. And then we can talk budget, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I did it for, and, and we can make that work for you, no problem. Man. All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'll just it. take 10%. You got it. I'll just put it, <laughs> you know, I'll put you in the next movie, finally playing yourself. I binge watched Cooper. Yeah, Kyle yeah. You like can finally day. give me an under five on one of your Yo, movies. by the way, you know, we'll, no, we'll, go, no, no, yo, we'll go out on this note because this is just a testament to what comedians are like. When I shot a stand up guy on my life, I called Brett. Brett, I got to. You yo, called me the no, day no, before. No, 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 no. And I, you're like, can you be in New York? I'm like, what are you talking about? It wasn't about? the day I'm before. On the road. I can't break a contract. Bro, my point is, comedians me. are the hardest people to get a hold of. And when I did my man is a loser, I called like I called Joey Diaz. I called a couple other dudes. I, I, nobody was calling me back. They called me back a week yeah, later. I'm sure. A okay, week listen, later. I gotta go, man. Go. I gotta be downstairs in ten minutes. I, I'm tired of this. My, uh, love my you, whole, buddy. My whole fucking apart. Uh, my whole hotel room smells like. 
on bullshit. But I love you. Love you. Brett Ernst. <laughs> I right, love you. Comedy. Later, buddy. Bye. Later, stock tip, Dave. Later. BrettComedy.com. Go check it out. BrettComedy.com. Later. I right, love you. Love you, buddy. See you guys later. That's my dog. So Bro. I saw every episode of Cobra Kai. I'm like, now I'm trying to figure out which character he was in it. Because I binge watched the whole He's thing. He's the uncle. Uncle. He yeah. plays an uncle. Have you seen it? I've watched every episode. And <laughs> You've seen every episode of Cobra Kai and you don't recognize Brett. No. You gotta look at him again. <laughs> that was great, man. Solid one hour. Brett Ernst. Go to what, what do you say? Brettcomedy.com. Bro, we had so many so many fun times, man. It's like oh, yeah, like I a, said a hundred times. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I think he was that was playing the jokes on everybody. Like I think he burned the the car, blew blew up the car in Cobra Kai? Yeah. Probably. He's like a funny uncle, I heard. I haven't seen the show. I know which one he is now. And I got to see his special. But uh, it's funny, man. I didn't I didn't have a crew until I got with the comedy store in L.A. I was a lone wolf, bro. A lone soldier. And the comedy community, it's not always loving community. It's a, it's a weird community. It's a competitive community sometimes. But me and my boys, me, Brett, Sebastian, Tony Rock, Butch, our crew... We just, there was Bobby Lee, never, there was no competition bullshit. It was like a crew of dudes. And it's why I always said, man, and I'm going to do this for my, for this, for these guys, like with these guys for, for all of us. But like, we don't need permission to exist. You know what I mean? I got, I'm in front of 10, 15, 20 great minds of comedy. I'm going to write something cool, independent, and that doesn't cost a lot and make it the funniest shit you've ever yeah. seen because the funniest people are in it. And I'm going to put that thing out and watch it be a banger. You Dude, know, the comedy store where I don't know. No, no I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to shoot an indie film and I'm just going to pepper it with the funniest comics and just make it a, a ridiculous comedy. And if you watch old movies like the old Mel Brooks movies, he had his whole crew in there. Rob, uh, uh, Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks and like. Uh, Sid Caesar and like his whole funny crew. It, it was just his movies were just peppered with these funny dudes, and it's like that's what Sandler does. It, it's, it's, it's exactly what Sandler does, it's and those are his boys. You know what I mean? And I, I really want to be the one in our crew that does it. And I got I'm in position to do it, and I'm gonna do it. You know, I just, it's just you know I. I don't know how some of these guys, like I look at Apatow, it's like, I don't know how he gets a, a documentary done. He does an hour of comedy, then he goes and directs a movie, then he goes and writes another one. I think he has a little maybe more brain space available than I do. I got a good amount, but like I think I either need to do some more meditation or whatever just to crack open some more brain space to do, because <laughs> it, it takes a lot of energy out of you just to do all that. But it was great talking to Brett. Comedy's where my heart is. I'm shooting my special 100% before the new year. I just need to figure out where it's going to be, and uh, you know it's going to be all good. And uh, we we can almost wrap this up, Dave. It's been a little over an hour. You got yeah. anything you want to talk about? Anything you were going to say? We were going to have a stock tip Dave recap moment. Were um, we? I think we ran out of time. Did we? <laughs> I put, we call him Stock Tip Dave, but I put him on the spot at the comedy store the other day. We put him on camera for a stock tip. He didn't have one. Get your well, tip straight. Hey, I was, it was it was like twelve thirty at night, a few drinks. So I'm gonna get you more organized, bro. And you gotta change your handwriting. And actually, I got a stuck. Actually, while we were on the show, I got a text message from from some friends and the Canadian weed stocks. I'm always mentioning. Back up. Skyrocketed. Did it? Yeah. Which one? The one? The one that was at four dollars? 
Uh, that one went up a little bit, but the one that I got at $11 is now at 27 No way! Yeah, went up like three bucks today. Next time you tell me, buddy, about those things when, they, when they're going down, because I know that one went down and everyone was sad. Yeah, they're still down, but they're, they're covering a little bit now. So I wonder if I should buy in at 27 Well, that one... That went about at eleven to twenty-seven. I don't know how high that's going to go, but the other right. ones are still five dollars, nine dollars, like eleven dollars. Really? All right, I'm going in on it. Anyway, Mike Young stories that need to be told. Stock tip, Dave, our our guest Brett Ernst. Thanks for having him. Go check brettcomedy.com. Find me on Instagram at the real Mike Young. Find Stock Tip Dave at Stock Tip Dave. Our man Aaron. Thanks for taking the time, buddy, and putting this all together. All things comedy. We're out. Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back. Never had now. to worry about oh. what I did. The one time I'm a one, man two. now. Check it out. Now. Gotta the get it down. Sound. No time get for fun now. now. Take me back uh. when I was a one, kid. Two. Never had to worry Take about what back. I Coming did. Coming back for you. But I'm a man now. Where we're going now.